family welcome to caregiving as a ministry let's get to it we're going to be in psalm 53 and it reads the fool says in his heart there is no god they are corrupt and their ways are vile there is no one who does good god looks down from heaven and on all mankind to see if there are any who understand any who seek god everyone has turned away all have become corrupt there is no one who does good not even one Do all these evildoers know nothing? They devour my people as though eating bread. They never call on God. But there they are, overwhelmed with dread, where there was nothing to dread. God scattered the bones of those who attacked you. You put them to shame, for God despised them. Oh, that salvation for Israel would come out of Zion. When God restores his people, let Jacob rejoice and Israel be glad. Well, you probably have guessed it by now, but this is another lamenting psalm from David. The opening verse, though, always sets me back to hear the phrase, there is no God. It hurts me. It just does something to my spirit. Because I know that there is a God who created this world, who created you and me, who loves his creation. I guess the bigger question is, Why would someone think that? Why would someone think that there is no God? I submit to you they think that because they look at the world and they see what we're capable of doing. Destruction. Let's face it, left to our own devices. Would we do good? Would we think of others? Would we give? And I'm not speaking of us as individuals, but I'm talking about us as a collective species, humanity. Look at slavery, look at the Holocaust, Rwanda, the Crusades, the marginalization of Native Americans here in America, or the Aborigines people in Australia. And the list goes on and on and on and on. Although we do good, is it our first nature? Thinking back to scripture that we are born into sin, I would argue that no. Left to our own devices, we wouldn't do good. We take advantage of the poor as we see now. The greed, or the I wouldn't say the rich, but greed would infuse other people and they just take and take and take if there's no God, no regulation. And, you know, not all the evil that is being done is being done by non-Christians. We, too, within the body of Christ, continue to struggle with our behaviors, marrying up with our faith. And that clouds the view of Christ. We cloud the view of Christ by our actions, whether they are well-intentioned or they're unintended. Just as the tiny nation of Israel suffered conquest and division as a result of their um, idolatrous behavior, we too as Christians, we experience the same division. Is it not time for us to live lives that glorify God, to allow the world to see God, the God that we serve? Do we not want people to 
or, or do we want people to turn away from God because of us? They're coming to salvation, of course, is for them and them alone, between them and God. However, God chooses to use each and every believer, that's you and me, as a witness to the relationship that we have with him. And if our behavior doesn't line up with, you know, the God who we claim to serve, can God use us? Or barely, the better question would be, would we want God to use us? Would you want God to use you if your witness really didn't give a clear picture of the wonderful God that he is? And I'm not saying that you need to be perfect. I know I'm not perfect because we can't be. But we can be mindful, right? And we can strive to build, you know, relationships, build our individual relationship with Christ to allow the Holy Spirit to guide us and to surrender to him, to to seek to do better, recognizing that that means he will change us, to let our testimony be our living, holy lives so that people can see us so they won't second so maybe that when they see us here it is that when they see us they start to second guess themselves and think perhaps there is a god that's what we want people to see we don't want them to not believe that there's a god at least not because of the way we act we want them always to know that god exists and to allow god to work in us Let's pray. We thank you, Father, for being a God who is somewhat mysterious in that it boggles our minds that you would use us to draw others to you. We know that we are imperfected, just like, or imperfect, just as you know that we're not perfect, yet you use us. And it is not that we need to be perfect in our witness, it's that we need to be willing willing to allow your Holy Spirit within us to grow us and to change us and to make us into the image of Christ. Will we be perfect on this end? No, Lord, we know. But can we surrender to you? Thank you, Father, for revealing yourself to each and every one of us so that we know that not only is there a God, but you are God and that through our Savior, Jesus Christ, we have relationship with you touch hearts today, Father, people who are struggling, perhaps with their faith today, people who are struggling with how to live a holy life, people who are struggling in the misconception that they have to be perfect. We just have to be willing. And today, Father, we're willing to follow you and allow you to work on our li- in our lives and in our hearts. Bless my caregiving community, Father, your caregiving community, Father. Help them to feel your presence and your peace as they continue to put love in action by caring for their loved one. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, you go and minister the act of caregiving in the name of Jesus. Bye.